Well, Cedar Street Baptist Church, and for those of you that are visiting on our live stream, good morning. It is so great to be with you. Although I do miss being with you in person, I am grateful that we can gather around the Word together here on the Lord's Day. I have been in prayer for you, and I certainly have been in prayer for uh, what God would have me to share with you in the days ahead. And so I want to say that today begins a new journey together. Today we are entering into a new sermon series, and it is one that was not on my horizon just a few weeks ago. Uh, The sermon series that we're entering into now for the next few weeks as the Spirit of God leads is this. It's called Heart to Heart, and it's going to be a journey and an examination of the human heart in the book of Proverbs. It'll be a spiritual EKG, if you will, at a time when I think God is really revealing to us what has already been in our hearts for a very very long time. You know, when I I read the Proverbs, I see and I notice this week that there are 73 times in, uh, or 75 times in 73 verses, the word heart in the book of Proverbs is mentioned. And so we know this is important to God, so it should be important to us. And so here's what my goal is for our sermon series as we walk through Proverbs and consider the human heart. I want to, I want us to look at the word to see what the heart is what the heart reveals, what is really going on inside the heart, what God really wants to do with each heart, and why understanding the heart is central to our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's my goal for the next few weeks starting here today. In fact, the title of the message here this morning is this, a true reflection, a true reflection. We're going to be looking at Proverbs chapter 27, verse 19. I want to start by just mentioning this, that what the, uh, the COVID-19 situation that we're in right now, what it's doing is like a Vidalia onion of the soul. It's just peeling back layer by layer and layer, and it's revealing to us what has already been inside the depths of our heart, what has already been inside the depths of our heart. And here's, here's why I know this. In the past week alone, I've probably talked to upwards of 40 or 50 people, some people on the phone that are back at at my uh, place of birth in the Northeast, Uh, others I've talked with here uh, along the way, uh, either on the telephone or, you know, text message, emails, Uh, and everyone that I've talked to seems to have a polar opposite response to what we're going through right now. All right, there are some that think that there, there is unnecessary panic that the media is stirring up. There are others that are frustrated that people are not taking this more seriously. I mean, there's just so many different things happening at one time. And how could all of us be going through the same thing? This is a worldwide pandemic. And yet at the same time, we're all responding to it in a different way. Well, some of it may be the information that we're getting. Some of it may be our geography, our close proximity to the confirmed cases. Of course, that has an influence. But the main reason why we are seeing such broad responses to what's happening with this pandemic is the most dominant influence of what has come out has been what is already what was inside before the virus ever got here. All right, God is using this to reveal what is inside our hearts. And so we need to know what's going on in there, okay? We need to know what the human heart is, what God is revealing to us during this time, and how we can respond in faith. 
how we can respond in faith. Here's a question I want you to ask yourself, not just today as we're walking through the sermon series, but throughout the next few weeks as we continue to go back to the book of Proverbs. I want want you to ask yourself this question, what is God revealing to you about what is in your heart through this pandemic? What's God revealing to you about what's here? As you're walking through this, as you're asking these questions, as you're logging on to the internet or watching the news and considering what's happening now and what might happen in the future, forget for just a moment of the circumstances of the world and ask yourself, what is God revealing to you about what's in your heart? That's really what I want to get after as we walk through this. So what's the big idea as we look at Proverbs chapter 27, verse 19? In one sentence, what I, what I want us to try to dig deep into today is this. The human heart is a true reflection of who we are, what we worship, and why we struggle. Say it again. The human heart is a true reflection of who we are, what we worship, and why we struggle. So... If you want to know about the human heart as a true reflection of who you are, would you join me in the book of Proverbs, right in the middle of your Bible? Okay, we're in Proverbs chapter 27, verse 19. If you're able to stand wherever you are, I would ask you to stand at this time out of the reverence of the reading of God's holy, infallible, inerrant, and fully sufficient word. You won't have to stand long. It's a short verse. Here it is. Proverbs chapter 27, verse 19. Hear God's word to us. As in water, face reflects face, so the heart of man reflects the man. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you for the day that you have made, and we confess that we need you at this hour. Lord, I pray as we walk through this passage, it would be a refreshing time. It would be a meaningful time. It would be a transformational time as we consider what you are doing and showing us what is in the depths of our heart today and how it is that you want to do heart surgery on us so that we would love you and trust you and seek you more than we ever have. Be with us now as we consider the truth of your word. Help us to be surrendered for you to do the heart work that only you can do. It's in Jesus' name we pray and God's people all over the internet said, Amen. So this passage, again, one verse, verse 19, it says, As in water, face reflects face, so the heart of man reflects man. This is talking about reflection. And, you know, I want you to think about this for a second as you go into your bathroom each morning. Most of you have uh, a mirror that is uh, attached to your wall or a medicine cabinet in your bathroom, okay? And the whole purpose of that mirror is to give you an accurate reflection Okay, it's to give you a perfect reproduction of what exists when you look through it. So if you're looking at the mirror, obviously, to uh, shave or put makeup on, you want what is accurate about what your face actually looks like for you to be able to use the mirror. And if that mirror did not give you an accurate reflection, it would not be hanging on your wall for very long. Well, how do we know about our soul? The mirror might reflect the face, okay? Looking in the water might be a reflection like a mirror back to us of what our face looks like. But how do we know what our soul looks like? And how do we know what state our soul is in in this current moment? Well, God has given us a vessel. And it's a vessel, by the way, that we need his help with because by ourselves we cannot read it and understand it. 
But that vessel is the human heart. A heart is the reflection of who you really are. And so we need to get a good view of the heart to have a true reflection of our soul. Okay, I love what the New Living Translation says about this verse. It says, as a face is reflected in water, so the heart reflects the real person. Perhaps people think they know you. Perhaps you think you know yourself. And then you stand face to face with a worldwide pandemic that we've never seen. And you find yourself saying things you've never said and thinking things you've never thought. And you wonder, where's that coming from? Guess where it's coming from? It's coming from an area where it's always been down there, about 10 layers deep. And God is using the circumstances of the world to show you the reality of the heart. And so here's what I want to say about uh, the heart being a true reflection. There's three areas that our heart is a true reflection of the soul. And here's the first. Number one, the heart is a true reflection of our identity. That is who we are. Okay, number one, our identity, who we are. So who we are, how do we define that? Well, there's different ways of doing it, but I want to boil it down to four things. And the four things I want to boil it down to are this. Who you really are is a combination of what you love, what you hate, what you fear, and what you desire the most. You take all those four things and stir them up in a spicy gumbo, and what you have is who you really are. So uh, listen to these questions that help you examine that, what you love. What do you value, admire, appreciate, cherish, or celebrate the most? in your life. That's who you are. What about what you hate? What do you despise, resent, reject, or seek to condemn the most? That's who you really are. What about what you fear? What makes you worry, become anxious, panicked, tremble, or catastrophize the most? That's who you really are. And what do you desire? What is your greatest passion? What do you want right now more than anything else? That's who you really are. Again, what you love, what you fear, what you hate, and what you desire, all stirred up in one spicy gumbo. That is what is in your heart, and that is who you truly are. Now, we can put on an exterior veneer. We can tell people that we got it all together But you know what? Our heart's going to tell the truth. Our heart always tells the truth. And again, our heart surprises us. The Bible says that the, the heart is wicked and deceitful. Who can know it? By ourselves, we cannot say that we know our own hearts. We need God's help. God is who reveals to us what is already in there at 10 levels deep. God is in the business of doing heart work. And the reason why is this, as we move on to number two, the heart is a true reflection of our idolatry, our idolatry. So it's a reflection of our identity, who we are, and who we are is what we love, hate, fear, and desire the most. Our idolatry is when we love, hate, fear, or desire something more than God. That's an idol. And guess what? My heart has them, and so does yours. And we struggle with this, living in a broken world. All right, idolatry is when you take anything you love, anything you hate, anything you fear, or anything you desire, and it becomes so all-encompassing in your life that it takes the place of God on the throne of your heart. 
And that is when we worship idols. And we all struggle with this in some way. See, here's the deal. As you are asking yourself those questions, what do I love, what do I hate, what do I fear, what do I desire? Those things by themselves are not wrong. God created us to experience life, have great desires, great loves, great fears of of things that we ought to fear, okay? Hatred towards the things that God hates. Those are things that God gave us a natural desire, a natural ability to embrace as part of living, as part of having the breath of life in your lungs. However, a good thing can become a God thing. And how do we know a good thing becomes a God thing? Well, I love the author, Christian writer, uh, Ken Sandy says, it's when a desire becomes a demand. When a desire becomes a demand, a good things become a God thing. And here's what he says in his book, The Peacemaker, which is probably one of the best Christian books ever written about resolving conflict. Okay, in the book, The Peacemaker, Ken Sandy says, Unmet desires have the potential of working themselves deeper and deeper into our hearts. This is especially true when we come to see a desire as something we need or deserve and therefore must have in order to be happy or fulfilled. Ken Sandy goes on to say, An idol is anything apart from God that we depend on to be happy, fulfilled, or secure. In biblical terms, it is something other than God that we set our heart on. So he mentions three things that all of our hearts are seeking today. Happiness, fulfillment, and security. Your heart and my heart go after those things every day. God created your heart to go after those things. But God created the world in such a way that nothing in his creation can provide those things apart from him. All right, God has given you many things of which you can have legitimate happiness, but they can't be the source of your happiness. All right, God gave you many things that can be very fulfilling, but they're not going to fulfill you forever. All right, and God did give us things that can, can give us a sense of security. But in a fallen and broken world, apart from God, you will never have the security that you seek because it's an issue of the heart. And God created the heart in such a way that he will not allow anything else to take up residence with him at the center of it. He just won't. All right, so that's why the heart's a true reflection of our identity. It's a true reflection of our idolatry. And again, in this progression, it moves us on to number three. The heart is a true reflection of our infirmity, why we struggle. Okay, our infirmity, which is why we struggle. Our hearts are the source of our struggle because our idolatry is a result of our sin and not our circumstances. Why is it in the midst of this pandemic, there are people that are rising to the surface and you're seeing them at their very best, serving other people? And why are other people, why are we seeing them at their very worst? Angry and frustrated and complaining and criticizing and pointing fingers and worrying and sleepless nights and long days. Why are both things happening at the same time? Because the idolatry of our heart is a result of our sin and not our circumstances. Our circumstances only reveal the sin that is already in there. And that's what God's doing right now. I believe it with all my heart. And so 
Here's a way that we can do some x-ray questions, okay? That spiritual EKG. I go back to Ken Sandy. He's been a great help to me in this department. The Christian author Ken Sandy says, here's some questions, some x-ray questions to examine your heart. So wherever you are right now as you're watching this, I'm going to read them slowly. I want you to think about where you are and how these affect you and how do you answer these questions. What am I preoccupied with? What is the first thing on my mind in the morning and the last thing on my mind at night? How would I answer this question? If only I had blank, then I would be happy, fulfilled, and secure. What do I want to preserve or avoid at all costs? Where do I put my trust? What do I fear? When a certain desire is not met, do I feel frustration, anxiety, resentment, bitterness, anger, or depression? Is there something I desire so much that I am willing to disappoint or hurt others in order to have it? You know, it's sad to say this, and I know it's probably going to make some people laugh, but it shouldn't. When I think of that last question, the first thing I'm thinking of is toilet paper. Now, as silly as that sounds, that, that shows you the depth of our heart. I mean, there's some sin down there that we would absolutely destroy another human being to have an extra roll of toilet paper to give us false security. All right, this is revealing to us what is inside here. I mean, it really is. So you've got to ask yourself these, this question after listening to those x-ray questions. What idols inside your heart has God revealed to you this month through this virus? In other words, what issues have taken your eyes off of Jesus? What issues are taking your eyes off Jesus? I am not saying, by the way, that we put our head in the sand. I am not saying that we ignore what's happening. I'm not saying that we're not to be informed. And I'm not saying that we should not take genuine steps to be safe, genuine steps to show wisdom in this time. But ask yourself, where's Jesus in this? What's taking my eyes off of Christ? Again, the way that you're responding is not a result of what's happening. It's a result of what's been in here the whole time, and God's just bringing it out. And I'll I'll tell you this, none of us, I think, are completely immune to the sin that he wants to bring out of our hearts. There are areas in my life that this week and this month has forced me to face. There have been some issues and some things that have stirred up inside of me that were dormant for a little bit while, and I've I've had to take them to the Lord and ask for his help. And I bet he's doing the same with you because really there's nowhere to run right now. All right, you could try to numb it for a season. Boy, there's a lot of fun games and things that we can do on the internet to try to numb the pain and try to ignore what God's doing. But if you would just submit yourself to God and say, God, what are you doing? You'd be shocked what he'll bring to the surface. You'd be shocked. So let me sum this up and then I'm gonna aim right at your heart as we close. In one sentence, As we sum up this proverb, I would say the gospel is good news that Christ not only offers us a new destination, but also a heart restoration. All right, the gospel is good news that Christ not only offers us a new destination, but also a heart restoration. Again, we have such a transactional faith. All right, it's all about praying a prayer. It's all about getting saved and making sure we're not in hell and that we're going to heaven. And once we have our ticket punched, we try to make sure other people don't go to hell and then they go to heaven. Listen, I understand that. And there's an aspect of that that's true. 
We don't want to go to hell. That's a place of separation from God. And if you are truly saved, you don't want anybody else to go there either. But salvation is not transaction, it's transformation. That's why our mission statement, heads, hearts, and hands being transformed through the gospel of Jesus Christ. And guess what God is doing in your life right now? Heart transformation. The real question is, are you letting him? Are you letting him? Are you opening yourself up? Are you laying on the surgery table and letting the great physician, Jesus Christ, do heart surgery on you right now? Are you confessing areas in your life that that, that you need to hand over to him? Areas in your life where you're not trusting him and you need to. And that trust does not mean, by the way, if you have enough faith, you'll be fully protected. Some of the most faithful people I know all over the country, either themselves or have family members that have been dealing with this virus, that are in hospitals on ventilators, that is not a result of your faith. Seeking Jesus in the midst of that, that's where faith is, because that's where Jesus is. All right, but do we trust that he's in control? Do we trust that he has a purpose for this? Do we trust that he's working this together for good? And are we surrendering our hearts to him to be able to do that? Again, I'm reminded of what Jesus told the disciples while he was still on the earth and he sent them out to be witnesses in all the surrounding regions of Samaria. He told them to be wise as serpents and as harmless as doves. So do we need to use worldly wisdom? Yes, I do think Jesus Christ would tell you to wash your hands, okay? I do think he would tell you to respect the CDC and what they're telling you is best for your health. I do believe that. I do not think that you would see a look of panic in his eyes. I do not think you would ever hear out of the words of Christ that this is beyond God's sovereign control. I think Jesus would tell you, keep your eyes on me. I have a purpose in this. I'm working all things together for good for those that love me and are called according to my purpose. Honor me in this. Serve other people in this. Use this as an opportunity to draw close to me and I will draw close to you. Hear God's word in this. Hear God's word in this. I'll close with one more passage of scripture. It's a very popular one in the New Testament. It's one of the first ones that I ever memorized as a new believer. I could have preached on just this passage alone because it does deal with the heart. Philippians chapter four, verses six through seven. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And I'll listen to verse 7. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Where does the peace come from? It comes from God. How does it come? It comes by guarding your hearts and minds. And who do we guard it in? We guard it in Christ. Jesus Christ is the lover of your soul. And he wants to use what you're going through right now to draw you into a deeper love with him. You know, in my devotional time yesterday, I was in the book of John chapter six as he talked about being the bread of life. And there's three words out of that passage that was with me all day yesterday. Jesus says, feed on me. Use this as an opportunity to grow in your love for me and to share that love with other people. Again, if there's areas in your heart that have kept you from a deeper intimacy with Christ, this is a time to bring that up. Okay, one of the things that I'll do, I'll, I'll close with application, is 
Psalm 139 verses 23 through 24 is a way that you can let God help you examine the heart. All right, in Psalm 139 verses 23 through 24, it says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. All right, that's, that's what we do. In fact, when we're here during confession on Sunday mornings and I say to you, and we're gonna enter into a silent time and let the Spirit of God bring to your mind things that you've said or things that you've thought or things that you've done or things that you've left undone that have not honored the Lord or made you anxious or worried or fearful. I would, I would suspect that you are gonna have some time today. It may not be a lot of time. Listen, I know as someone that has a three-year-old daughter, those with young children in quarantine does not mean that we are living in Sabbath rest right now. I get it. But I will say this, whether it's the, the hours at night when you're staring at the shadows on the wall, maybe it's the early morning as you hear the coffee percolating in the kitchen, whatever the case may be, God wants to search your heart and he wants to make you aware of what he's found. So surrender yourself to God. Think of yourself on the surgery table as Jesus, the great physician, is getting ready to do some heart work. And just say, search me, O God. Know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there be any grievous way in me, anything in my heart keeping me from more intimacy with you. Show it to me that I can confess it to you and lead me in the way everlasting. And I will say this. If you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, here's a guarantee. You will never have the peace of God which transcends understanding because Jesus is the vessel by which that peace comes. And I believe that God is using this pandemic because droves of souls all over the world are going to come to saving faith in Jesus Christ. The gospel as Jody mentioned at the beginning of our service, is good news that is not going to stay inside the walls of this church. It is going to spread over all four corners of the earth. I believe it with all of my heart. So if you don't know Christ, open your heart to him at this moment. Hear the words of God speaking directly to you. He wants to have that heart to heart. And he wants you to know that as everything that you're going through right now as it is being stirred up right here, is in the heart as a true reflection of your soul. And he wants your soul. He died for your soul. He wants to redeem your soul. And he wants your soul to be recreated in his image for his glory and for your joy. Let's pray. Lord, for everyone tuning in right now. Uh, we're all in different areas of life, different walks, different seasons, and yet we're all facing the same universal issue right now. It's amazing how this is unprecedented. We can all say that in some way the COVID-19 concern is affecting all of us. What a, what a great time for us to examine the heart. What a great time for us to say we need Jesus Christ our hearts need restoration, and you're doing a mighty work. Lord, I pray that you would, through the power of the Holy Spirit and the proclamation of your word that does not return void, that right now at this hour you are changing hearts. Father, let us have uh, strength and bravery to stare in 
to the reflection that we see in our hearts that you reveal to us about who we are and what we're struggling with. And let us offer that to you so that you can do the surgery on our hearts that we can truly feed on Christ. Father, I pray that you bless everyone tuning in and the families they represent, that their hearts would be changed and their lives would belong to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. And again, God's people said, Amen.